Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. This is Gina's Groove Theory. Tonight... The topic, which um, I can honestly say uh, as a community activist and advocate for people, um, I never wanted to get involved in and uh, because of the whole Colin Kelpatrick's uh, situation with the NFL. Uh, when I first heard of it, I had not that much sensitivity to it. So tonight's show, actually is named the NFL Blackout. What is the black man's worth? The NFL Blackout, what is the black man's worth? Black folks spend billions of dollars every year on sports. But when one player stood up for the senseless murdering of our people by police, he was unable, he is now unable to get a job. He has been blackballed out. Realistically, what that says is that we are good for entertaining but not for expecting respect for the struggle it took to become pro ballers. It is like history of the pioneering blacks like Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, and the like had to bear the brunt of racism before entering into the sport, but now that they're there, they still can't express themselves against the indifference they face when we're not looking. If I have said it once, I've said it twice or more. The only way to gain respect is to take their money out of their pockets. No stadium seats filled means they will either have to recruit players who aren't black or come to the rightful decision to do the humanly obvious. Respect don't come with marching, protesting, singing, or praying in this matter. It comes with taking your money out the mix and putting it back in your own people, in your communities. I'm going to give you a little bit of factuals. And then I'm going to run by some key points with you. I want you to, if you're there and you're listening, I want you to grab a piece of paper and pen. I'm going to run and tell you, according to Vice, African-American males are only 6% of the United States population, but comprise nearly 70% of the players in the National Football League. The NFL's 32 teams earned $12 billion in 2015, with merchandise sales over $1.55 billion. As for Colin Kilpatrick's contribution to the league's revenue, the 49ers quarterback and the third highest-selling jersey in 2014 and the seventh most coveted jersey in 2015. You can still, you can still get your Colin Kaepernick jersey at NFLshop.com for $99. Recent controversy won't get in the way of NFL profits. However, if the NFL benefits immensely from the work of black men, why doesn't it address serious issues of concern to the black community, to Magic's black community? Specifically, why hasn't the NFL addressed the issue of unarmed black men being killed by law enforcement? According to the Washington Post, black Americans are 2.5 times as likely as white Americans to be shot and killed by police officers. 
In addition, the Washington Post writes, unarmed black men are seven times more likely than whites to die by, by police gunfire. Other statistics are just startling. The Guardian states, despite making up only 2% of the total U.S. population, African-American males between the ages of 15 and 34 comprise more than 15% of all the deaths logged this year by an ongoing investigation into the use of deadly force by police. While the NFL is oblivious to this fact, the demographic link to 15% of all deaths logged also make up a majority of college and professional football players. Black men comprise 47 to 70% of college football players and 70% of NFL players, and the vast majority are between the ages of 15 and 34. Yet college and professional football still remain on issues like racism, police brutality, and the death of unarmed black citizens. Commissioner Roger Goodell earned $31.7 million in 2015, down from the $44.2 million he received in 2012. Although he is happy making $30 million running a league where seven out of ten black or black players, seven out of ten players are black, Goodell and the NFL have yet to publicize the life and death dilemmas affecting black citizens. One would think that the league comp- compromised primarily of black athletes would take greater interest in the society issues affecting its players. The NFL has never officially addressed the death of Ed Garner. Sandra Bland, John Crawford, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, or any of the other unarmed black citizens. The magnitude of this epidemic is highlighted in James E. Causey in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel piece titled, Police Kill More Unarmed Black People, Report Says. A report released this month showed that unarmed African Americans are twice as likely to be killed by cops than white people. This story is not surprising to most people, but if you've ever needed a reason to support the Black Lives Matter campaign, campaign, look no further than these statistics. In 2015 alone, 102 out of 464 unarmed individuals killed by police were black. That means that 32% of these killed by police were black, compared to 15% of whites, 25.4% of Hispanics. In 2015, 102 of the 464 unarmed individuals killed by police were black. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell made $31.7 million in 2015. In a league where 70% of the players are black men, yet the NFL still remains on topics addressed by the 49ers quarterback. Colin Kaepernick explained the philosophy behind why he's sitting during the national anthem in an interview SanFranciscoGate.com. So many people see the flag as a symbol of the military. How do you view it, and what do you say to these people? I have great respect for the men and women that have fought for this country. I have a family. I have friends that have gone and fought for this country, and they fight for freedom. They fight for the people. They fight for the liberty and justice for everyone. That's not happening. People are dying in vain because this country isn't holding their end of the bargain up. As far as giving freedom and justice, liberty to everybody, That's something that's not happening. I've seen videos, I've seen circumstances where men and women that have been in the military have come back and been threatened unjustly unjustly by the country they fought for and have been murdered by the country they fought for on our land, and that's not right. Are you concerned that this can be seen as a blanket indictment of law enforcement in general? There is 
police brutality. People of color have been targeted by the police. So that's a large part of it. And they're government officials. They are put in place by the government. So that's something that this country has to change. There are things that we can do to hold them, to make them accountable. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah. He said, you have Hillary who has called black teens or black kids super predators. You have Donald Trump who, opened, who is openly racist. We have a presidential candidate who has deleted emails and done things illegally and is a professional candidate. That does not make sense to me because if they were any other, if they were any other person, you would be in prison. So what is this country really standing for? It is a country that has elected a black president twice. It has elected a black president, but there are also a lot of things that haven't changed. There are a lot of issues that still haven't been addressed, and that's something over an eight-year term, that there's a lot of things hard to change, and there are a lot of things that he didn't do necessarily to, com- com- to complete control over. What would be the success? That's a tough question because there's a lot of things that need to be changed, a lot of different issues that need to be addressed. That's something, that, and it's really hard to lock it down in one specific thing that needs to change currently. Regarding the issue of race in this election, Kilpatrick is correct in stating, you have Hillary who has called black teens and black kids super predators. You have Donald Trump who is openly racist. Also, it is unfortunate that most of the critics ignore Colin Kilpatrick when he says, I have great respect for men and women who have fought for this country. In addition, Kilpatrick is absolutely right in stating that America doesn't treat its returning veterans in, the, in a just manner. In 2013, Paul Ryan defended cuts to the military retiree benefits and 41 Republican senators blocked a landmark, a landmark veterans bill in 2014. And as for the fight in this war in the Middle East, Hillary Clinton in 2014 called for more U.S. ground troops to be sent back to war. Clinton is also advised by G.W. Bush, non-neoconservatives from Iraq to Libya. The Democratic nominee is known for the hawkish foreign policy. Veterans or families who have lost loved ones in Iraq and Afghanistan, have every right to be upset with Mr. Kilpatrick. If indeed many find his actions offensive, they sacrifice infinitely more than most Americans. However, the majority of this country has a little comprehensive regarding the cost of the war. Most Americans are most worried about defeating ISIS than ensuring that we don't send Americans back to the perpetual war. Unoblivious to the human cost of war. In fact, one out of 102 out of 464 unarmed individuals killed by police were black. In 2000, 2015, has elicited outrage over the whole average NFL fan. What caught my eye and what drove me to do this? It drove me to do it because I saw that the 10 pastors and I'm very hard on clergy as well. Um, I called on the show last night that I said that, you know, when I call on the people who said that they would be here for me to support me, when I get everything together and I call for them to be a part of it and to help, that they would. And I'm going to knock on their door. That, that goes from community leaders uh, to uh, clergy. What I am calling for is that we change. We have to unlearn what we've learned. The European way of how this country was built has a large part to do with it. I'm going to run some key points with you, and I want you guys to, to, to grab this, and I want you to understand this. I do understand the fact that 
on a Sunday and on a Monday, on the weekend, and you have Super Bowl Sunday and you have all these things and out of working all week that you want those days to be spent with your buddies and hanging out and at Walmart or whatever the case may be, I do understand that. Men do need to bond and they need to have their bonding time. But this issue is more serious than that. If, in fact, that one of the players, and he's one player, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not really a fan of any, any football players. It's not even my whole – I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I only watch Super Bowl when it's a Super Bowl and say we're doing something. I only take part as activity. Um, other than that, I, I have no other interest as far as football. But when I heard the story and I first started uh, realizing what I what I've come to realize was I, I was very insensitive to Mr. Kilpatrick's situation because I figured I said, well, oh, he's standing up, he's he's saying what he's saying, but in other words, you know, who really gives you know who really gives a shit about you know what he's saying, and I didn't understand it, and I'm going to be honest and truthful with it. Over the past few days, I've learned that when he stood out, he stood out for the violence against black people against from the police. And, and then I started doing a little bit more research. And then I said, the 10 pastors who, you know, they're calling for this blackout. What I found that compelled me to do this show was when I saw Respect and I saw, I saw the video. If you guys want to check it out, it's the blackout of the NFL. Go on YouTube. You can see it. You can check it out. And you'll see it for yourself. It was well written, well done with the thoughts of, making sure that everybody understands that the red, white, and blue flag is not being disrespected, that veterans are not being disrespected. Nobody is saying that they don't love this country. This country is the best country in the world to be in, regardless to how we've been treated. What I am saying is that we have not been treated as we should have, but then that's the way the Constitution was written. And since we know these things, we've already dealt with these things. These things have been going on for a period of many years. It's just a little bit more undercut. I mean, back in the day, they used to just hang you from a tree. It was no big deal. You know, you ran away or whatever the case may be. They'd hang you from a tree. They say you looked at a whistle of the woman or whatever the case. We know about Emmett Till. We know about all the lives that have been lost. And these are our ancestors who have been uh, brutally slain for just being black. Um, during, those, during those times, they were more free to do that. Now what they're doing is they're using the police brutality. They're using whatever it takes to eliminate and cause a global genocidal uh, assault on, on us. And that's what basically it is. It's not, you know, no one's, no one's saying that uh, America is not great. No one's saying that red, white, and blue and not to salute the flag. And It's not even about that. It is about human decency, humanity. I'm going to run across these keys with you. And I want you to take these keys with you and understand that you need to apply them to your life. I'm applying them to mine. I wouldn't tell you anything that I wouldn't tell myself. The first key point, respect is given where it is earned. If you give respect and you've given it, and as, as one of the pastors did say, you know, we have, we have been very, very giving in how we uh, treat how we've been treated and how we address the people who have treated us that way. We are very kind in that. And with that, I say we have given all that we could. Two, NFL holders, they only care about money. 
The main purpose of what the NFL holders do and they're the owner is about money. And we know this. It doesn't really matter that 70% of all of the players are black. It doesn't matter about that. But what does matter is that when one spoke up and he refused and he wanted to stand against something, he's been blackballed out. Three, if you don't spend your money with them, then they will go broke. If you don't fill those stadiums up, is there an empty stadium? You have to think of it. It really doesn't matter about the players, and I want to make this very clear. All the players that are still playing, they'll still get paid, even though if there's no one in that stadium to watch. They're going to get their money. I'm not calling for anybody. I say what Kilpatrick did, but the first thing I said when I first heard of it, I said he was very foolish. I mean, from the offset, I know from my own personal experience with this world that there's some things you can say and some things you can't. You have to know a way, and I always encourage people, be careful how you say it, choose wisely how your battle is, and I didn't think that he was wise in doing so. Now I do, I, I take that back. He did what he had to do because apparently he saw a lot of things that we didn't see, and you have to consider that. He's in it. He's been around it. He's been playing since 2014 or 2013 or so, so he has experienced a great deal more than what we could ever imagine. And so apparently it must have made him feel some kind of way, and that's the way I feel. After so many years of seeing um, injustice and uh, acquiring uh, not being able to acquire the jobs that you, you set out to be and, and, and also with trying to be able to uh, go to college, all the things that we've been based to do. You know, what my, my people, we all went to private school, you know, and the bottom line is we were told to get your education, get a job, work. All these things were not in, in the best light for us. It's not in the benefit of us. So number four is, Players are not of our concern. We don't have to worry about the players that are already on the team. Regardless if we show up or not, they're going to still get paid. And that's one thing that Kilpatrick didn't do. He stood up. And I do think he did a he did a righteous job. He did what he had to do. He did what he felt. When you do what you feel and you take a stand, like I take a stand, you know, I do what I do out of pocket free. It, when I come and I do these shows, I do them to be able to have you guys have a voice so that I can have a voice so we can work on some things towards some resolution. It's not about bringing up hate. It's not about trying to make people angry. You know, I get angry about seeing all the videos and things, and I don't even own a TV, and most of you guys already know I don't own a TV and simply, simply for the main reason that I don't want to buy into the hype. A lot of things that we see on TV are orchestrated. Number five. Players who have had, in the past, serious crimes have been allowed to play. That's the key point. Key point is we have uh, Ray, who in 2000 uh, was involved in the murder of two boys, uh, his friends, whatever the case may be, he was allowed to play. We have Mike Vick, who was allowed to play after doing one of the most heinous things that we all know white people really don't like is abuse against animals, and he's allowed to play. There are a lot of players who have done much more heinous things, and they're allowed to play, and there's no sponsorship issues. No one is saying to them that they can't play. I mean, they pretty much buy them out of it. Number six, your money is green, your face is black. So what is the importance? Your money spins, but your face will not get you anywhere. 
The only way to get into that stadium is if you're paying. Empty stadiums mean, and this is number seven, empty stadiums mean empty pockets. Not yours, but the pockets of the people who don't respect you. When I say respect is given, where it is earned, that is true. Number eight, stadiums are mainly located in poor communities. But does the community benefit from their presence? No, they don't. Uh, let's, I'm going to call a point to uh, Katrina. When Katrina, when uh, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, uh, they were able to stay in the stadium. That stadium was housed to uh, all of the people who were displaced, and all the people that uh, lost their homes and, and many of the injured. Uh, that was in a poor neighborhood. That, the area around those stadiums are just like in the Coliseum here in Los Angeles, the same thing. Uh, they're poor communities. If, in fact, that it's there to be good for us, then it would be seen, it would be shown. Number nine, and I already walked into that. If they cared about the people in those poor communities, then they would help with the building, construction, as well as the business earning in those, in those areas. They would make opportunities for the people who live in those areas, not just for the architecture of the building itself, but for the neighboring neighborhoods around it to increase productivity. If, in fact, that you have money and you can buy a Let's say one of the most expensive tickets, which most people do. Say we have Beyonce and she's going to the Lakers game, but she has to drive through the hood to get there. Uh, You would want to, if in fact that you cared about the people in that community, you would want to adjust that community so that when the people are driving through who have a lot of money, they won't get robbed. You know, Magic Johnson is a clear example of what I'm saying. When he opened up the theater there uh, on La Brea, uh, and he opened up the TGIF. One thing he did not do, which made him bow out of that deal, was he did not hire protection. And in the first few months of that whole establishment, there were white people getting killed. People were coming from Beverly Hills. They were getting robbed. They were getting killed in the parking lot. And that's a concern. You can, if you're worried that much about the productivity of your, then you will be worried about the people being able to get to the NFL. That's a point. Number 10, the money that you save can go towards your families and your communities and your own business ventures, period. It's just like in the sense of if you give up cigarettes, it's a habit. I know many of you out there have a habit of watching that football game and you just got to have it, that baseball game or whatever the case may be. But in true reality, If you don't get any respect, if you're not respected for you being who you are, then your money should not be respectable to give to someone else. Some are going to give up. I I spoke with someone today, and and when I ran it by him, he said, uh, you know, people ain't going to listen to that. They're still going to do what they're going to want to do. He said, it's like telling, and part of my French, he said the word. It's like telling niggas to uh, stop smoking Newports. And, and what I told him, and I'm going to tell you, I understand that there are going to be some people who are still going to go out to those games and they're still going to support. But my stance is this. If you are still going to participate after you know what's happened and after you know 
that if, in fact, you have to play their way while you pay, then that means that you like the system. The system you've become accustomed to, you're complacent with. Because there's nothing more important than thinking about our ancestors who have lost their lives. Thinking about the athletes who have gone long gone. It was hard for them to get into the game. And today to see that now that they're in the game, that they get no respect. That's the one thing that stood out with me mostly. It stood out that all he did was sit out. He didn't kill anybody. He wasn't involved in any criminal activity. There was no bloodshed, nobody's lives lost. He just sat down and milled out. And now he's unable to get a job. And I knew that. I, and I said it, too. The minute that he did it, I said, oh, God, he's never. I, my heart went out to him. The first thing I did say, too, I said, well, I hope he has a lot of money saved up. You know, because most ball players, they run through their money. I have several pro ball players in my family, and they don't play ball anymore, and they don't have the money that they had. So I said, the first thing I said was, I hope he has enough money to survive from this. Because I knew, I knew, because of my personal connection with the world and the spiritual realm, I already knew he was never going to get a job, and they're never going to hire him back, and they're never going to give him a chance again. And that's because he stood up. Oh, I have a call out here. I'm down to four minutes, but let's, let's take a look and see who we have. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm blessed. How are you? You know, uh, <laughs> I hear what you're saying about this athlete, but athletes should not be participating in political issues unless they're willing to face the consequences. And yes. They're going to face those consequences by themselves. If those who are going along with their political activities, then where are they when time comes for the athletes to face those consequences more so by themselves? Right. I said the same thing, you know, when it first came about. I, I, I wouldn't have even spoken on it, but, I mean, I... I know how it feels to when you, you're in a situation. You know, when I was working, I was in a situation where I was in a situation where I was black and I was only black. And when I was isolated and certain things that I saw that I didn't like and I didn't approve of, they ate away at me. So I, I, I did feel the same thing you felt. I said, well, you know, he, 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 he did it to himself. But in that sense, we do have some type of responsibility. I See, I have this radio show. I don't charge anybody anything. I, I let people come out here and speak their mind as long as they're respectful, as long as they're bringing something to help other people, as long as we're trying to build and get past what the past was so we can get to building what today is. I mean, that's my purpose. So I have to say, you know, to get involved in, I mean, I, I'm not a millionaire, and I don't have that kind of money, but I have a responsibility and an obligation I want, as I see my people. I want to say one thing, because he let a lot of people down. Because when you think about what all it took for him to reach that position, starting off when he was a child, when his parents sacrificed their time to take him to games, practices and games, and buy him equipment, when other parents done the same for their children to provide him, his team, with competitive teams to play against. Other parents had to make those sacrifices too. 
for him to elevate himself above the rest. Schools, travel clubs, and so on and so on. Sacrifice for him to elevate himself to the position that he is. Now, he went and blew it, and he's let all those people down through the levels going back when he was playing peewee ball. That's kind of selfish. Anyway, you don't have too much time. I see your point. No, 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 it's okay. No, I mean, we're good. Um, I mean, I like for people to give me their input. I mean, it's not all about what I say is not correct, and I'm not an expert in anything. You give what you're giving me is another side of it. And I'd like to ask you a question. Yes. When you say when you say he let them down, you mean in the sense that um, all of their hard work that they put into him and all the things that they had to sacrifice, you mean, like he blew yes. it away? Mm-hmm. Do you think, what do you think is his real reason for doing so? Do you think that he, well, I, like you, I knew the minute that he did it, it was over. The first time he set out, I knew. I knew that he was going to, I knew this was going to happen. Um, what do you think was his real reason? I think it was I, misguided. I, think I think it was based on emotions. Mm-hmm. Because the NFL allows you to do that based on religious principles. Oh, yeah. You know. Okay. If he had said he was doing it for religious principles, nothing would have been said. But he said he'd done it for the reason he said he'd done it, which was a very controversial topic in this country. And see, today in 2017, your audience, your season ticket holders, your ticket holders, those who subscribe to the products that's being advertised, you're dealing with a very diverse group out there. And they have different opinions, and they are offended in different ways. Well, I I I see a different I see it in a different light. Um, what I do say is, the people who should be speaking up, they're not. The community leaders who should be standing up aren't. So, well, this is. My place is I'm going to be here and I'm going to do what I do because, I mean, I have to. I, I want a better life for us all. You know, I, could you tell me, could I you tell me what was he protesting about? Well, from what he said, he protested that about the killings of the black and brown people by the police. He, was, he set out, and that's what he told them. He set out because he was protesting the police brutality and murders of the black and brown people. Okay, could I say yeah. something to that? Yeah. Police officers, police officers are employees of a community which has a political body. That political body is put in place by the people. That political body controls the police. Police are employees. Communities let their employees demonstrate that type of behavior against them. That's the community's problem to handle. If you take some communities that's predominantly black, like Ferguson, 
And if the people don't come out and vote and hold their elected officials accountable in the instance of how their employees, being the police department, fire any of them, are acting against them, then that's their fault. That's not the president's fault. The president does not have any authority over a local municipal police department. They don't. Right. I do I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So with with the problem that we're having okay, now you know I, I, I I'm an activist. So what, what what would you say, you know, just take it off of Sir Patrick. Let's say what would you advise for the community who employ these employees? What would what would you say would be a, if, I mean if you if you could uh, they need to come up with a way? policy, a policy con- to control their behavior. For instance, look at making them carry their own liability insurance. That way, if they go out and agree the civil rights of a U.S. citizen, then it's their insurance that's going to be subjected to these civil suits and not the community. I mean, that's one thing. There's many things that could be put in place. If you are a police officer, if you're an employee, if you're in a situation where you fear for your safety, then you should retreat and call for backup. There's many ways. Well, I'm writing down, as you say, you know, liability insurance. I'll do my research. I'll do my research because I'm building a team of people, like-minded people. Um, and dealing with the police, just dealing with the whole political thing, I, I just said, you know what, we just work on ourselves. Um, I'm mm-hmm. at the point where, you know, I don't blame the president for nothing. I don't blame, I don't blame anybody for nothing. I blame, <laughs> to be honest with you, I put the blame on us, as like what you just did. Um, if In order for us to want to get better, we have to demand things. We have to ask, you know. <laughs> Uh, just with the whole Trump thing, you know, uh, they put out an impeachment. You know, there's petitions that you can sign. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling people. It, in fact, you know, a lot of our people don't even know that you can sign a petition uh, for certain things. If you want better government or you want to oust somebody, you have to physically put in a petition, sign it, and those petitions really do work. I've been, I've been working petitions since I was a little girl. My nanny had me going through the neighborhood having people sign, you know, petitions. So, I mean, not, not, not for voting, you know, purposes, but for her union. And so I, I know you can put things in effect if you, you know, if you. Well, petitions are not going to remove a, petitions is not going to remove a president. A president can only be removed as it is spelled out in the United States Constitution, not by petition of people. So whoever's going around having people sign something under the pretense that they're going to remove a president that 60, over 60 million people voted for them to be there, they're just leading you on. Really? Really? Yes, ma'am. Really? How do we get change? I mean, how... How do we get change? change with how do we get those policies? Those policies? How do we get... How do we get a policy or how do... Well, you, you you know, get, you, first you got to figure out what's the change that you want to have. Not only you, but then you have to find a group of people that agree to this is what we want to see done. Then you as a group, 
It doesn't have to be 10,000. It can be two or three people. You begin to work in order to implement that idea that y'all have agreed upon. That's simple. Simple. Okay. Well, um, yeah, you know, we went over, but that's okay. We're still we're still recording, and we still have people out mm-hmm. there, but it's okay. I, I I'd like to thank you for joining and coming out. And, yeah, this is well. Yeah, no, I, I, I I just wanted to add that real gentle about uh, this quarterback uh, who was a high paid quarterback. Now he's a no paid activist, and that's the consequences <laughs> that you have to be willing to put up with. He's not the only one. There's been others. And this is not the time of the Cassius Clay uh, draft ordeal or the other uh, 1968 display that was done by the U.S. Sprinters. This is a different time. And what you say has the ability to reach out to a broad, diverse audience. Hey, you got that plan on the on your teams when uh, they had the Chinese players on on the NBA basketball team. When they played, Chinese tuned in, and it increased their ratings and increased their revenue. So, so that's why they had the Chinese there. Now, if somebody was going to say something offensive. To about Chinese, they wouldn't go tolerate that because now you're messing with revenue, and other teams, all the teams share in that revenue. All the teams share in the revenue that's generated by certain revenue uh, generating aspects of the NFL. So if one player does something that affects the revenue of all the teams, then quite natural they're going to. Deal with that. And when you sign a contract, it's like when you uh, go to work. There are certain things that you do not do. They don't allow you to do. Right. So anyway, I'll let you get back to your evening. No, no, that's okay. You're great. I'd like to thank you. Um, You're fine. Um, I'd like to welcome you back. Uh, Maybe uh, come back and you can school me up on some things. Uh, You spoke very... Very eloquently, and uh, everything you wrote, you said I wrote. Because I do take notes. Well, maybe you can school um, me on I, some things also. Well, look, you know, you can always. Uh, well, I don't know how. Well, you called in. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook. I don't know if most people are not even in Facebook or whatever the case may be. Uh, I could probably uh, shoot you my email and you can email me or something like that. I really don't. You know, I, I'm very vocal. But I really well, I tell really you what, you if know, you I... shoot me an email, my email is okay. L as in Larry, mm-hmm. C as in Charlie, the word steel, like the metal, S-T-E-E-L, mm-hmm. at mine, like the mine mm-hmm. in your head, M-I-N-D, spring, like springs mm-hmm. on your car, S-P-R-I-N-G mm-hmm. dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's I C S T E E L at mindspring.com. Yeah, L C like Larry. Okay, so L C still without the E at mindspring.com. Yes, you have it. 
Yes, I will send you an email once I'm logged off. And I yeah, that like sounds I said, great. I really thank you very and much. And I share some information on you because uh, we done a white paper around the incidents of uh, it went on in Ferguson and some other places too. You know, people put uh, emotions ahead of valor and uh, looking for power that they already have. But you have a nice evening. I sure <laughs> appreciate your show. Thank you, and I welcome you back. And I will be emailing you. God bless. You have a great evening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. Uh, that's going to be it for the end of the show tonight. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out and showing up. I'd like to uh, thank my guest who came in and chimed in. I'm going to get with him and uh, work with him and see what it is that we can uh, do. Um, I'm, I'm thirsty for trying to make change. And by any means necessary, like Malcolm X would say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And uh, with that, I'd like to thank all of you guys for being out there. I want you to take away from this that your communities and your families are the most important and that you be very, very careful and wise with your your family. I also advise that, hey, the less you're out there in the streets, the less that you have to run into any issues or problems. Uh, that's That's my advice. Watch your children. Watch your family. Keep a close knit. You know, get close to your neighbors. Love your community and love your God as well. Love God as well. He's most important. I'd like to thank you. This is the Energy News Group Theory. I welcome you back tomorrow night. Have a great night. God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.